A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back. We've not been anywhere yet. We mean welcome back. We've not even started yet. No, you said welcome last week. Last week what? Well, I know. So they're, they're welcomed we've... back. Well, they are if they've been listening to the first eleven I've of these you've podcasts. Had, um, so welcome back to Ruthie, me and my dad. It, and if you've not been here before, then just welcome. It's uh, the twelfth one of uh, Ruthie, me and my dad. We've done a dozen. You... We've done well. This, well, we haven't done a dozen yet. And we start with our unaccountably popular little sting. You, you don't say, we'll start with our sting, and then you go back to what you were saying. The sting needs to be... It's you know very what? popular. It's not fully integrated. It's very, very popular, though. Since I've been using it, people are going around saying, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so it is the uh, the twelfth one, Ruth. First of all, I'd just like to say how fortunate you are. Having, oh, why? Uh, well, I'll tell you exactly why. There's a new book out by uh, a BBC news presenter called Catty Kay, and the book is all about building confidence in uh, in girls. It says mm-hmm. fathers should save their daughters from a quest for perfection and a lack of self-confidence that's crippling girls across the Western world. Yeah, this, I do feel crippled. Yeah, well, according to the, it's a bestseller, this book. It's selling exceptionally really? well. Really? Yeah, it is, really is. Selling exceptionally well in America. And it's just out over here. It says uh, a typical girl. Yeah, girl's, but you know Americans. Well, let, let me tell you this. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Uh, according to the story, a typical girl's self-confidence drops by about 30% between the ages of 8 and 14. Mm-hmm. And fathers, that's me, are better at spotting... <laughs> Thanks. The, just keep me updated, please. I will do. Fathers are better at spotting the dip than mothers many of whom themselves lack confidence. Fathers are more likely... I'm so surprised about that. Mm, It says here, Father, this is what she's written in the book, which I presume has made it a controversial and best-selling book. Fathers are more likely than mothers to be able accurately to estimate their child's confidence. It's really touched a nerve, says Kay, who's presenter of BBC World News America. And she looks American, and I say that because of her teeth. See, she's got a full mouth of white yeah, teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, the book is is, is a self-help book. I'm a bit sceptical about that, about dads being better to spot it, because I just thought it was mums, that's all. Well, you would think so, because mums have been through the same thing that, yeah, that the daughters have been through. mums understand the more the, like, the pressures of young girls to like look a certain way and dress a certain way like i don't think you understand that as well as mum does no i don't so ruth uh tell me what's going on with you with me mm, with you 
Oh, I thought you meant like in the world. Well, in the world that you're interested in. Um, yeah. I'm fine. School's quite stressful. I've got mocks coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to ask you, this was one of my things. So mocks, mm-hmm. um, like practice exams, basically. I wondered whether the pressure, whether you thought that the pressure to do well in school was more now than it had been, you know, like in the olden days? I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah, and so I wondered whether... Did Within you get, the, like, nervous for exams? Did you revise a lot before exams? Like, what was all that like? I didn't revise a lot. Um, I did get nervous, but I always... Did you? Yeah, I always thought I could, hoped I... Well, a little bit nervous. I hoped I could get away with it. I certainly didn't sail through exams, you know, as my results would uh, testify. But I, I think the pressure is much greater nowadays. Why do you think that is? I think because there's so much media around telling you how difficult it is to get a job and how you might yeah. not get a house and, and then you've got fees at university which we didn't used it's to have crazy. Yeah. the thing about like university fees so we were doing um so i do french which i might have meant i've mentioned before well, of course it has you went on a, oh yeah course went on a French, so. um, but i do french in school which is a like really difficult but anyway we were talking about how you can go and study in france and it's um, only 400 pounds a year yet here it's nine grand mm. And I don't, I don't understand how a country can afford to do it for free if we're having to pay that much. I, I presume they put the money on the tax in, in France and Germany. They must do. There's no it must be, Yeah, it must be coming from somewhere. But then you think, how many people actually pay back their student loan? Not that many. Not yeah. that many. You know, I mean, I don't know what the, what the debt is. What is it? You student, come out with like 50 grand be, at the end. Student debt must be billions. Yeah, I mean, you come out with that, and then you don't have to start paying it back until you're earning a certain the right amount. amount yeah, and then it gets wiped when you're like 55 or something. So I was just thinking, more people go to university now. I wonder whether in the olden days, like medieval times when you were yeah, going yeah. to university, it started off barely any people were going, and then now tons and tons of people are going. And I wonder whether that's going to, the balance is going to redress and it's going to become not so many people will go to university anymore the things that they were saying when they were talking about going and studying abroad is that German and France universities will put on special classes for people, for English people to attract their minds and let them study for free because they know that once they come here they'll get used to the certain way of life and then they'll probably stay so it's good for the economy in general because you're attracting these brilliant minds whereas what we do is we just let our minds go we don't attract new minds and then we're left to stagnate well, I don't and think I that's, wonder that's whether not in right 20 at all. Years, well, that's but, what happens. Well, no, it's not because we we a lot of universities market like mad to overseas students, not European students so much, yeah, but students from the far east. It's a big, mm. big part of the university's business is uh, students from overseas. I mean, there's two, two arguments. The other argument about fees is if you know if universities are funded properly with with uh, high fees it encourages research and they can do more work on research yeah. and everything and that makes our universities the best in the world that is i'm not saying that's my argument but that is one of the arguments yeah i for, just don't think fees. fees i don't think fees should be so high because no one should feel like no. they can't go if they don't if they want to mm. Well, not that everyone you, should but also not that everyone should feel like they have to go i know that's yeah. one thing that they like really do at my college is they're like go to university go to university and then some people are like i don't want to go to university and get made to feel quite mediocre about that mm. well that's wrong they shouldn't 
Okay, let's decide on music, what music you're going to bring this week. We'll start with, with you. Uh, you've brought Little Dicky. Tell me, or Lil, Lil Dicky. Lil Dicky, yeah. Lil Dicky. Um, it's Lil as in American. Little Dicky. It's Amer- Lil as in Lil. American means little, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, like okay. Lil Dicky, Lil Peep, Lil Pump. Yeah, so Lil Dicky. Tell me about Lil Dicky. Lil Dicky is a rapper. He's a white guy, mm. which is a, quite surprising because most... Most rappers are black, yeah. Yeah. He's white. And um, he does quite clever lyrics. So his first album was called Professional Rapper. He's talked about like changing the rap game and he does a song with Snoop Dogg. He talks a lot about you know changing the face of rap and making it different and stuff. Yeah, well, this this one we're going to play because I... Don't... Oh, this song is Freaky Friday. Yeah. Um, Featuring DJ Khaled and Kendall Jenner and Ed Sheeran. The bit on the video that I saw, which was this little dicky guy sitting in a Chinese restaurant and then... The um, Chinese guy, like, does some, like, voodoo Yeah, because the Chinese stuff. are very mystical and voodoo and all that. A little bit of racial stereotyping in there yeah. for, for a rap video. Um, but anyway, so you've got the Chinese guy, who's and this mystical makes, guy. He and makes little dicky swap places with Chris Brown. Who's a, a, who's a proper rapper, another rapper. Yeah, and who did who is Chris Brown's former partner? Chris Brown's former partner is um, Kendall Jenner or Kylie Minogue. I don't know. Uh, Kylie Minogue! Rihanna. Rihanna. You know this because he was accused of abusing her. Right, like of course he was. Abuse. Chris Brown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it probably definitely happened. It probably definitely happened. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it always interesting things that probably definitely. Pretty much there. Pretty much, probably, definitely. So we'll hear the we'll hear twenty seconds of the song for reviews purposes. Review, review purposes. Review purposes. Review purposes. Couldn't remember what I was. I kept yeah. wanting to say copyright purposes. Yeah, no, it's for review purposes. So we hear twenty seconds of it. It's uh, Lil Dicky and Freaky Friday. I woke up Chris Breezy. Oh my God, I'm the man. I'm so fly and I can dance. There's tattoos on my neck. FaceTime Kanye I told him I'm his biggest fan Yeah, yeah. Got all these hoes in my DM Yeah, do Hold up Holy shit, I got a kid Oh, oh, oh I can sing so so well done, Ruth. You've uh, once more uh, justified our explicit tag because there's a holy shit in the middle of that. Good. So uh, well done. We are now officially explicit. Um, I forgot to say that Chris Brown sings in it as well. Yeah. I didn't know whether I it was. Said that. Well, that was that li- was Chris Brown. No, oh, that, that was Chris, Chris Brown, Brown, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Lil Dicky. Because you know, comes he's like, I can sing so well. Yeah. Yeah. And then Lil Dicky comes in later. It's a shame you actually didn't pick out the best bit of the song. Oh, so you didn't pick out like the chorus or anything. Yeah, that where could, Lil Dicky's actually singing. That could be because um, I got it at a fairly late stage, uh, as opposed to because it. Whoa! Mine, mine how was, long did that take you to do? Mine was really, how, not how very long, long at all. Yeah, exactly. My, and when did I send it to you? This morning, but so. Have if you'd have said hours? to me yesterday, I would have listened to the whole thing. To be honest, I, I, I wasn't that keen on it, so I didn't listen to uh, much of Whoa. it. Just... Lil Dicky will be upset to hear uh, that. Lil Dicky, but that wasn't Lil Dicky, that was Chris Brown, that was Chris wasn't Brown. it? That's but Chris... Lil Dicky wrote the song. Right, so he wrote all that. Yeah. Well, well done, uh, Lil Dicky. He's good, he's, he's taking the mick out of himself a bit. Yes, well. he's a, well, I got the impression from the little video that he was a bit of a comedy rapper. Yeah, yeah, way, yeah, yeah. I think and, that's Because he's, he's, a, he's a white, nerdy-looking guy. In Professional Rapper, which he does with Snoop Dogg, he talks about how, I mean, it is like a comedy song and it's meant to be like that. There's an mm. assistant character and it's funny. But he talks about um, 
a lot of these of the previous ones we've listened to i know i've got you to listen to some kendrick and some boogie with the hoodie and stuff and they talk about how they're from the projects and they've beaten these things and eminem talks about how he's from you know like a trailer park and stuff and he was saying um i've never really had to struggle for everything i just had a different type of struggle and i think he you know, so he's, he's sort of middle different. middle class. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so he looks it. He looks middle class, <laughs> I have to say. Right, my song. Uh, we're going back to 1961. So again, just pre-Beatles jazz, basically. Uh, we did again. Bit, yes, again. Um, well, it's jazz converted to pop. Uh, basically, it was a jazz tune by Nat Adderley, who was a jazz cornetist. It was a, a hit as a jazz song. Then uh, this guy, who's uh, who, who's quite interesting guy, he's called Oscar Brown Jr. He was named after his father, who was called Oscar Brown Senior. So he's the uh, he's the son of Oscar Brown. He was born he was born and raised on the south side of Chicago, uh, and he was a writer more than a more than a singer really. Mm-hmm. And he again quite middle class in that his uh, father was a lawyer. And wow, look he, at this like Lil Dicky and. Oscar. Oscar Brown Jr. Oscar Brown Jr.? Yeah. His father actually, actually wanted him to follow in his footsteps and become a practicing lawyer. Now, I suspect you'll be familiar with the tune. We used to play it a heck of a lot on Jazz FM uh, before you were born. But uh, you may be familiar with the tune. He put lyrics to it. Uh, it was also His lyrics were also used by Nina Simone because she did a version of it as well. Uh, it's work song. Breaking up big rocks on a chain gang. Breaking rocks and saving my time. Breaking rocks I tear on a chain gang. Cause I've been convicted of crime. Hold it steady right there while I hit it. There, I reckon that ought to get it in working. And working. But I still got so terrible long to go. Well, there he is, Oscar Brown. I don't think I know it, you know. Don't you? No. Ah, well, you should get to know it. I've got the whole one not in the car, but I can get oh it. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to listen to whatever Oscar, Oscar Brown Jr. is for weeks on end now. Yeah. But he was interesting. He he basically started fairly late in life singing, but he, before that he was writing. His father wanted him to be was a lawyer. Was he writing songs? No, he was writing all sorts of things. He he was an activist, really. He was uh, writing stuff about black people on the south side of Chicago. Oh, he's a black guy. He's a black guy, yes, he is. And lots of British bands covered those songs. It was R&B, really, sort of jazz melding into R&B. And lots of uh, early British bands of the 60s covered those songs from out of Chicago and everything. Georgie Fame and the Blue Flames, who you probably don't know, did a cover of that. And it did just nibble at the bottom of the British charts. But anyway, he he was only signed a record deal. He was in his mid thirties by the time he signed a record wow. deal. Old um, and already. Gosh, ma- what would it be like to be older than mid thirties? No idea. Gross. And he was married with five children at the time. Five. Five children in his mid thirties, married with five wow. children, and, and got a record deal. Well, now let's talk about about pictures, selfies, and uh, pictures that you take on the phone. Pictures that you take on the phone? Yes. Sounds like you'd never heard of a picture then. <laughs> pictures that you take on, on the phone? Mm, on the phone. Well, as opposed to sort of pictures that you might carefully Smart compose with a, with a camera. This is when you go to a beauty spot and decide, it's high time I took a picture of myself. So if rather than taking a picture of the, of the actual beauty spot and the mm-hmm. beauties of nature... 
you take a picture of yourself or alternatively sit there just playing on your phone or um oh i've at seen Facebook. i've seen these i've yeah. seen these pictures it was a bit of a, 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 bit I of saw a twitter it on storm. twitter yeah yeah yes. about um people in lovely places who just got on the phones yeah that's right yeah i saw it it, it was david Badil. The, this uh, reminds me of David, my brother. Mm, he does it all the time, doesn't mm-hmm. he? David Badil, who's uh, a comedian, took a picture of his son, Ezra, on the phone, saying, my son, hypnotised and overawed as ever by the beauty of nature. I so wonder whether his son was named after Ezra Pound. Who, who knows? But his son was... Uh, it's just a nice middle-class name, Ezra, isn't it? But his son, I know. I'd n- never heard anyone be called Ezra apart from Ezra really? Pound. Oh, yeah, I've had a common. few Ezra's, middle-class Ezra, kids. Um, there was a character in Pretty Little Liars that was called Ezra, mm, yeah. which was a um, teen girl Netflix series. Yeah. Well, um, they're sitting... He's uh, Little Ezra here is sitting on some rocks, uh, looking at the... Well. Oh, this annoys me, though, because maybe he's just been looking at the rocks before. And he's looked decided, at the rocks right, and he was that's like, enough, right? That's enough rocks. <laughs> I've looked at these rocks. Let's see what's happening on Facebook. You don't know what he's doing. No, you don't. But it was an amusing little uh, tweet. He could be he... giving money to charities. This was an amusing... Maybe not. Maybe not. He this could. Is an... He could. This is an amusing... But even if he is giving money, you'd think he could wait until he was back at home before he got on his... Poverty foot. doesn't wait for people, though. <laughs> but he's there on these rocks, overlooking the, the beauty, the uh, majesty of the Atlantic Ocean. He's on his phone, basically. And uh, Badil did this uh, amusing tweet. Also, um, how did he manage to get that picture? Good point. With his phone? (laughs) Possibly. I've cracked it. (laughs) Well, lots of people made these points because it started a bit of a Twitter uh, thread or maybe even almost like a meme, isn't it? Almost like a meme. No. No, I I thought that was a meme. If you take a picture and then do an amusing caption. Yeah, but that's not really... It's like not like a cat. That's not like a meme type caption. Sounds to me exactly like a meme type. From the way you've been explaining memes over the last few weeks, that sounds like a meme. Because he said, he just took the picture and wrote, my son, hypnotised and overawed as ever by the beauty of nature. It's a bit too eloquent for a meme. Is it? Mm. Um, loads of other people did the same thing. Yeah. They took pictures of their own kids and everything. Although, interestingly enough, uh, Jonathan Ross disagreed with uh, David Baddiel. You're not a massive fan of Jonathan Ross, are you? Yeah, no, I don't mind Jonathan Ross. Oh, right. Ross, yeah. Who is it that you don't like? Who's that? James Corden. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan Have Ross. We, we've spoken here about Thumbs James Corden. Thumbs up for Jonathan Ross, James Corden. Well, I mean, I wouldn't go over, overboard with Jonathan Ross, but. Thumbs middle? Thumbs middle, I think, for Jonathan Ross. I'm not Thumbs up for Graham Norton. I love Graham Norton. Yeah. I watch all his clips on YouTube all the really? time. Yeah, I absolutely love Graham Norton. I think he's so funny. Really? I think he really like gets the best out of his guests. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not averse. I would put Jonathan Ross and Graham Norton about the same category. I, I, really? I yeah, middle. You wouldn't put Graham Norton above. Jonathan Do you know Ross? what? If I, if I'm watching TV and they're two chat shows coincide I would probably see if there was something else on elsewhere um, gosh well I don't think the one thing I don't think we can do woohoo you yeah the, the one thing I don't think we can do in this country is those late the night chat, chat shows the way the Americans do them I think in, Graham Norton does it do you think so like better than Jim, like better than Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel no. or Jimmy Kimmel Jimmy Kimmel Conan and Jimmy O'Brien. Fallon are good. Conan Seth Meyers. The there's so many of them as well. There's lots of them, and some of them, and nobody. What's the name? There's that man Letterman. and woman. 
David Letterman. But he's been shunned from Hollywood now, hasn't he? Has he been shunned? Well, I know he's not doing his chat show anymore. No, but I thought, um, didn't he get accused of something? No, no, don't start accusing people. No, he did, he did. He oh, did. he did. He, he'd, he'd had sex with members, uh, consensual sex, I think. But he... Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Or he might have uh, been uh, acting inappropriately around Yeah, I thought, some yeah, I thought that he no, had had... It was on the lower end of the scale. You, you um, <laughs> are becoming a bit of a defender of the What, just abusers. because I, I like Woody Allen? <laughs> just because... Well, but, no, you just... You're very quick to <laughs> go to their defence. Well, no, I That's think... what that, I would say. Yeah. True? No, no, I, I think uh, I can see degrees in this. I, th- I don't see why everybody should be lumped in together. Harvey Weinstein, I'm not... Try me a million times, and I won't jump to the defence of Harvey Weinstein. And I didn't even think Shakespeare in Love was much of a decent movie. So I I'm, like Shakespeare in Love. Did you? Well, that's the problem. Uh, that's the problem. But So I'm not going to jump in for Harvey Weinstein. I'm not going to jump in for Louis C.K. or any of these people who've behaved really uh, abysmally. But I think with, mm-hmm. uh, with Letterman... I know it's a it's a hard defence, but uh, times were different. Uh, oh, and, the times the times were different. Defence is it's just it's, it's not okay when it comes to sexism or racism or sexual abuse. It's just not okay, and it really frustrates me when people um, have like like a racist grandparent and they say, "Oh, well, that's just grandma. You know, she's just like that." <laughs> I think you should be allowed to call out the older generation. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. ...for saying stuff that's just mm. not appropriate. But then I think you get well. But yeah, there but is a balance they, because they live a, in a different time. You know, it's not I mean? so much that. It's just that uh, you have to. It's it's nice to maintain uh, cordial relations with your grandparents. So let it ride. Just let it ride. Yeah. occasionally. I guess so. But also, like, you don't have to I mean, do it in a big you know argument where you can just say, "You know, like, you that's not right." Yes, that's not okay. Do you know what I mean? Just like letting things slide just because someone is older, it's just it's not really right. Well, it, it depends well. if if they're your if they're your relative and they they happen to be older, and uh, they talk about maybe the off license and use a racial epithet to describe the off license. You, you're probably as well just letting it go. I would yeah. have said uh, just maybe. just out of politeness. I guess really. yeah. 
balance. Yeah, occasionally you have to let things go. And I'm prepared to uh, let things go with uh, David Letterman because uh, for years... Because you think was... he's a really good oh, talk that, show that, sh- that show was just the best, just the best. And I don't think he's been accused of anything major, put it that way. He's been accused of stuff which these days... Well, you wouldn't... know, just, just a little bit of sexual assault. It's all right. Just well, a little think, bit. Just a been, touch. No, I don't think he's been accused of no, sexual assault. No. I don't think he's assaulted Inappropriate anybody. behaviour. Inappropriate behaviour. Which is not as bad, yeah. Which is You're not right. as bad. And I was making a joke. Yeah, and a very good joke it was too. Uh, so, it's. I know what... I've heard the argument. It's like saying, oh, you can't be a little bit pregnant. You know, it's the same... It's a similar sort of argument, but uh, I don't entirely go along with it. And by the side of things, you don't entirely go along with it either. I go along with it more than you do, though. Well, you would expect that. Let me read this to you. Uh, Parents have been urged to be stricter about bedtime and confiscate phones and tablets at night after researchers found that children who did not get enough sleep were up to twice as likely to become overweight. Oh, my God. Yes. Right now, I want to sleep all the time. (laughs) I didn't care up until that point. I was, like, tired, agitated, whatever, but overweight. Yeah. That's it. Sleep deprivation can disrupt hormonals, hormonal signals that we have eaten enough and lead to chronic inflammation, scientists say. Tiredness also means that people feel less like exercising. So all those evenings when I've come into your room and said, switch your devices off now, switch your phone off, switch your computer off. I'm not that bad, actually. Yeah. yeah, I'm not that bad. But now you've been warned. This, I think they just issue these warnings to try I mean I think they like people to get uh, a decent amount of sleep so these health uh, no it definitely is good for you to get a good night's sleep Mm. how many hours do you think how many hours yeah uh, depends what age you are I was going to say oh it's 17 17. it's tons it's like 8 to 9 at 17 you've never had 8 to 9 hours do you you've been looking 6 to 7 you maybe have and uh, another survey that's been done here says a recruitment agent has been criticised for a rant in which, this is what he said in his rant, in which he said that anyone under 25 and not in work was a, quotes, lazy little shit. (laughs) Is that actually the quote? That's the quote. (laughs) Josh Harrison of Leeds, who's in his late 20s and has six recommendations on the LinkedIn business networking site. LinkedIn is such nonsense, Sam. LinkedIn? I don't even... uh, I didn't... Well, it's supposed to be... I've got LinkedIn. I don't even remember making it. No. Well, everybody's on... I I get... it's supposed to be but i get like seven notifications every day oh i don't get somebody's, that many. somebody's requested to be it's not a friend whatever it is on linkedin it's requested to be connected with oh, me I said a comrade. On, on, no it's not a comrade that's a different site altogether that's uh Karl Marx. Oh, Karl Marx. yeah communist manifesto <laughs> yeah um, .ac.uk. Anyway, it says has six recommendations on the LinkedIn business networking site where he's made his comment saying it was easier than ever to get a well-paid job. Young people who are not employed... What, is he on, like, crack or something? No, he's the chief executive of Big Youth Group. Big Youth Group. Uh, I young, wouldn't say that if I was Actually, no, he's, he's, he sent the message to Big Youth Group. Uh, but okay. He, he is, what does he do? He's um, unemployed. Josh Harrison's... Do you know, it's, it doesn't even say what he does, um, except that all it says is he's got six recommendations. 
Um, young people who are not employed either don't want to be or are not trying hard enough, he said. His remarks appeared to be aimed at Jack Parsons, 24, chief of... So he's 25, the other guy's 24, chief executive of Big Youth Group, which works to improve opportunities for young people and who had shared an old rejection letter. Mr Parsons suggested... This guy's just... This guy strikes me as just an idiot. He's just an idiot, I think. Like, I don't even think... I don't even think there's any gravity. Or gravitas, last week we had. I was going to use... You know what? I was actually going to use gravity again. Like, I've written down in my notes... I've written down in my notes about something Mm. having gravity. Is there anything else there in your notes? Yeah, I've got two Okay, well, let's play the transitional, transitional music and then you can tell us what's in your thing. So um, I was reading about. Um, oh my gosh! Sorry, I don't. What's the word? Well, the word for what? I think um, know what you're going to say. So how would I know what the word is? Rhubarb, concrete. <laughs> Rhubarb, there it is. Cumulus nimbus. It's not helpful at all. Frank and I can Lampard. see you thinking of more words, and that's not helpful. The the like the like big writing at the top of a newspaper article. The headline. The headline. <laughs> right. So, the headline of this article was, Speak for a minute, and Baidu Al can clone your voice. I'm not sure whether that's the right pronunciation. Sorry if I've offended any Baidus out there. Bai? Baidu? Baidu? How, how do you spell it? B-A-I-D-U. Baidu. Baidu Al can oh. clone your voice. Right. So basically, it's about an AI system that can, with one minute of snippets of your your voice, can clone your voice and make you say whatever it wants you to say. And so this was quite scary to me mm. because as anyone who's a long-time listener of the podcast, I'm doing dystopian fiction in school, so I'm reading a lot of dystopian books. So anything bothers me because I just, I'm like, <laughs> oh... I've had nightmares about being taken over and being a handmaid and all sorts. <laughs> anyway, so in um, 1984, no, Orwell, in one of his critical essays, um, mm. says history stopped in 1937, and obviously history didn't actually stop. But it's about, you know, Stalin's regime could change history and get rid of people out of certain photographs and Nazis could rewrite it as what they wanted to say. It's almost a little bit like that. So I was just thinking about how this means you, we would really have a world without evidence. So when Trump's, um, the video of Trump saying grab him by the pussy came out, um, everyone was like, that is it. That's concrete evidence that he's actually said this thing. And that's an awful mm, thing to say. Mm. He can't say that. But if that was to come out in two, ten years time, he might, he'd be able to say, oh, I didn't say that. Someone's just made it sound like I can say that. or And people will be able to, get a minute of someone's voice people be able to get our voices and make us say whatever you want and there'd be no no truth anymore yeah well i mean this is a really 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 scary thing it is really scary this is the fake news thing isn't it Mm -hmm. you you know people and this what do you what did you call this morning we were talking about anti-semitism in the labor party Oh, I called it revisionist history. Yeah. Um, we were talking about the fact that some people say that uh, Hitler was a Zionist. Uh, mm. On the left wing of the Labour Party, they say Zionism is wrong, Israel is wrong, simply because, you know, the whole existence of Israel is wrong, because it was one of Hitler's ideas to repatriate the Jews. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you said, how can people uh, say that? And I yeah, said, it's a, it, a revisionist version of history. And some people will say it's, will say it's true. Again, I'm saying though, it's true in, in the Handmaid's Tale, I know that it's like 
I'm like, oh, dystopian books all the time. It feels like it's my only frame of reference. But I think it's a good reference these days. With you know, it feels like we're living in a dystopian world, or it feels like um better than I really do think that The Handmaid's Tale is a better book than 1984 on all levels, character, everything. It's because it she talks about how this world came into being, and I feel very much like I'm in the beginning of a totalitarian dystopian world. Well, it's not when you say not totalitarian, but I feel very much like I'm in the beginnings of a dystopian world before a totalitarian regime takes over. You know, that's probably pitching it a bit strong. I think. I think. But what's happened is, as far as media goes, you've got to be much, much more careful uh, about what's true and what's not true. In the Handmaid's Tale, she talks about how um, they basically said that they would send all the Jews off to Israel on boats mm-hmm. or they could convert and obviously you would choose to go on a boat to Israel if all these things were happening and then um, at the end of the book it's revealed, sorry spoilers that um, she the the people the Jews get on the boats and then they just sink them in the Atlantic um, and it's a little bit reminiscent of that which is just well there were, there were boats yeah that, and it's know. really just like and that's what Hitler it's that idea and Margaret Atwood says she doesn't take anything she takes everything from history of things that have actually happened none of it's just fictitious it's not Harry Potter unless people are this is my other big fear alongside AI taking over the world I'm a muggle in Harry Potter in Harry Potter's universe Mm. and everyone else is wizards that's my other really big worry yeah it must be a real worry of you it's funny you should say what your biggest worry is because I went to see a comedian on Saturday and he was saying that uh, the Germans can't do small talk. The Germ- When you have a conversation with Germans, it's always very serious. And he mm-hmm. said he was talking to this... Uh, he was in Amsterdam and he was talking to this German girl. They'd only been talking for a few minutes and he was trying to do small talk because it's because we're British and that's all we do. We do small talk all the time. Mm. But because she's German, she didn't do small talk and she just said to him, what's your greatest fear in life? Oh, my gosh. Uh, what would he, you say? Uh, and yeah, she said, what's your greatest fear in life? And she says, my fear? Because, of course, when people ask you questions like that, they just want to tell you what their greatest fear oh. is. Rather than yours. And she said, my greatest fear in life life is that everything is illusory yeah. that nothing is real that uh, eventually it's we got to find out that none of us are real nothing of this is real and it will all just crumble and it'll just all be dust and he said oh oh yeah my greatest fear is pigeons I don't <laughs> yeah um, and something something else i was listening to this week ruth i was listening to a piece by interesting enough louis ck uh, on this piece by Louis C.K., because we're still allowed to listen to him, uh, he was, it was an old piece. He was saying that um, it is, everybody's got, I think I told you this, everybody's got a friend they can't stand. And his friend that he can't stand said to him, if you had a time machine, when would you go back to? I'd go back to uh, when Hitler was around and I'd kill Hitler. And he said, uh, yeah, well, if I had a time machine, I'd go out half an hour and punch him in the face so you didn't ask me that question. This is not the point. You were making like a funny little joke, but... Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it was funny. What I was going to say is, with the whole like going back in time thing, I actually right, I don't, just don't know what time I'll go back to because I, I don't really... Like, I do want to kill Hitler. I don't want to say I don't want to kill Hitler, but then it will change history so much that I don't know what would happen. Yes, so then it's I don't one of those want things like... Hitler, it, like butterfly effect. The butterfly effect, yeah. Yeah. So if you kill a butterfly, it no, changes no, no. the whole... We'll go and watch if, the butterfly um, effect. So if a butterfly flaps its wings on one side of the ocean, then it'll cause a tsunami on the other. So what are you saying? If you kill Hitler, 
it might lead to somebody worse than Hitler. Yeah, worse than Hitler or well, we have that will last longer. St- Stalin. Someone did, so I'm doing EPQ at the moment, which is Extended Project Qualification. If you've got kids we'll you. my age, you'll yeah. know. Uh, no, it's like loads of people do it. It's not like a special. And you choose like a topic and then you just have to research it and it's not... Like, you don't get helped with by your teachers very much. Um, you just have to kind of do it on your own, and then you produce either an artefact or a 5,000-word essay. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah, but most people do the essay. I was doing that, and um, a girl a couple of years ago before me did one, and her que- so it's a question, and you answer the question in the essay. And her question was, was Hitler or Stalin worse? It might have been a little bit longer than that, but it was, yeah. was Hitler or Stalin worse? And she said, I think it's quite an interesting view, that Stalin was worse because he took something beautiful, which was like the idea of communism and this the Marxist view of how it could work and how harmonious the society could be, and he corrupted it, whereas all that Hitler did was just terrible things all the time. Time for uh, Meme of the Week now, Ruth. How to watch a movie in 2018. Step one, open Netflix. Step two, click through 500 films. Step three, select a TV series. Step four, pick episode you've seen. Step five, look at your phone for 45 minutes. Right, so what it's saying there, that's an amusing meme saying that you end up not watching. If you try and think, I'm going to watch a movie, you end up not watching a movie. Yeah, in our modern society. Is that because all movies are rubbish? No, 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 because people are lazy. So that's, okay. that's your meme of the week, how we watch movies it's, in yeah. 2018, i.e. we don't watch them. And so this got me thinking about binge-watching series. Mm. Yes, you know all about that. Yeah, so I thought, should we say what we've binge-watched? Yeah, like was, Alcohol's Anonymous, like, I haven't binge-watched for three weeks. But you have, you watch, you, you've binge-watched the whole of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, I'm done now, though. 12,000 episodes. Yeah, I'm done now, though. Right, See? but you'll find something else. I've, I don't, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. Well. No, don't do it anymore. I've not been. Binge- don't do it anymore. <laughs> no, don't. I've not binge watched anything. Yeah, uh, but then again, you've also not seen loads of series. It's like you don't really have a great frame of reference for like pop culture. I, well, I sort of know. Well, I do for pop culture. Yeah, for pop uh, culture, you don't have a great frame of reference for modern TV show culture. Well, I do in a way. Like, don't you feel like you can't I, get involved with conversations? No, I'm a, because I, I sort of know what people are on about. Because I read the papers every day and because I listen to the radio and stuff, I know about the West Wing, despite only having yeah, seen Dad, a few episodes. Yeah, but honestly, you would actually love yeah, the West Wing. I probably Wing. would, actually. It's not the West Wing is involved. so good. I just don't want to get involved because people watch it for months and things. So the, yeah, the but just West, watch just watch. I've watched a couple episode. of episodes. Yeah, I've watched a couple of episodes in the West Wing. You, it's so, it's really, episodes. really good. Yes, it looks good. And uh, Breaking Bad, I know what oh, it I've is. And I know Walter White, I can do references to that. So I can sort of bluff my way in most of these. Uh, and that's my advice to young people today. Just find out what these things are about. You don't need to waste hours and hours and hours watching them. But what, so I found some figures about oh, yeah. binge watching. And this is more than three hours TV per day doubles your risk of premature death. Well, there you are. I'm killing myself. Yeah, you no, are. I don't watch more than three hours every day. This is my. <laughs> you have done. Yeah, I your have ho- done. Your I holiday. Don't... During your holiday, your Dur- recent oh. holiday, you watched more than three hours every day. Yeah, yeah, granted. They also said about binge watching being antisocial. Apparently, 56% of prefer to watch the TV alone. 
Yeah, well, I know. When it, I mean, you like to uh, fully concentrate because I if I happen to walk like to the room, it goes on, on pause straight away, even if I'm not about to say anything. If I just walk yeah, in the room... Yeah, but you walk, in, you walk in with a look. <laughs> with, with a look that says, is this your fourth episode of Grey's Anatomy? It's just so annoying because I feel like you get really on your like high horse. Like You've got a really... like Because you don't, you've not watched... TV series, you've got like like an air of superiority. <laughs> I don't like it. Well, let's get it all out into the open. This is, I mean, let's not just discuss these things between the two of us. Let's the world, let the world know. Or at least world. we hope the world. Well, whoever's <laughs> listening, we hope the world's listening. Um, that was basically all I had to say. And oh, my final. I thought I'd ask you a question. All right. Um, to to end, when I was in Mrs. Simpson's class, this is year one. I had to write a letter to my um, 50 year old self and like saying this is what I think the world might be like this is what I hope I've done you know blah 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 I was just wondering did you think the world would be at all like it is when you were 8 years old when I was 8 years old well I, I, you know, I didn't give much thought to what the world would be like when I was 8 years old really did you think that social just, media would be I thought I'd be a, a kid forever thing. I thought I'd be a kid forever I never thought I'd be an adult um, you stupid as a child is what we can infer from this. Yeah, okay. So I didn't. I thought I'd be a kid forever. I certainly didn't think I'd ever have kids of my own. But you could not imagine. You could never imagine sort of social networks and the internet uh, and carrying a phone around in your pocket. They just well. For a start, a lot of people didn't have phones then anyway. I'm not sure. I think we might have just had a phone. When I was eight years old, I couldn't even imagine the Beatles. You know, I, I love that everything you ever talk about is like. <laughs> I, I mean, we didn't even have the Beatles. <laughs> Whatever well, it's it is, true. you could be talking about like chemical weapons, and you'd be like, "And what about the Beatles? What about the Beatles? I watched uh, Eight Days a Week, the documentary about the Beatles." Uh, again, oh, it's so last good. Saturday, it's just brilliant. But you do get the impression how much they really, really did change the world. I mean, not just the world of popular music; they changed everything. They changed, they, yeah. Like everything. stadium tours never happened before no, then. Nothing happened like that. But I mean, and they did change everything. And when I was eight years old, the Beatles was was were just getting together. John Lennon and Paul McCartney had just met. Uh, at the, uh, I love that your whole life is just a timeline of Beatles yes, events. They just met at the Walton Carnival. I never thought there'd be a time when people wouldn't be smoking. Well, I never thought I'd be sitting here, not having had a cigarette. I'm just going to watch now, not having had a cigarette for 30 years. I didn't think that was ever going to happen. You know, 30 minutes without a cigarette, I thought. was Not when I was eight years old, obviously, I wasn't smoking. <laughs> yeah, eight years old, I was I just puffing on my pipe. <laughs> I didn't start smoking till I was about 12. And that was it was like a bit of a rite of passage. As soon as you got to twelve, I can't believe you started smoking when you were twelve. Twelve or thirteen, but I bet people people did. They used to sell twelve is so young. They used to sell single cigarettes in uh, sweet shops for kids who wanted to start smoking. <laughs> That's so, brilliant. Should we sack it off now? People love that catchphrase. Should we sack it off now? All right, sir. Um, tune in next week for number 13 The Baker's Dozen Thank you Hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad High quality fashion without the price tag Say hello to Quince 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. 